Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Today, here on Cincy Business Talk with Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. We'll be talking to business leaders about how they have grown their businesses and people. We discuss new strategies, tactics, and philosophies which lead to positive growth in our marketplace. Our program is sponsored by Sandler Training by Roth & Associates. Each week, we'll talk with our best Cincinnati area top executives about their tools and insights. Our regular listeners will be given the edge that will help them win in a competitive environment which we live. Simple solutions to complex problems which challenge all of us are rarely correct. We will address complex problems or opportunities with appropriate solutions. If you have questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513-753-9400. Now your host, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer, Mike Roth. Thanks, Scott. Uh, this is Mike Roth. I'm here with uh, Roger Roser of the Eisen Agency. Uh, Roger's the CEO of the company. Roger, thanks for joining us here today. Mike, thank you so much for having me on. I really genuinely appreciate it. Uh, Roger, why don't you tell the folks uh, how you got here? How, how did you get <laughs> to start the Eisen Agency? They, 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 they wouldn't let me work anywhere else, Mike. So, uh, you know, I had to start my own company. You know how that goes. <laughs> And, and they mean. <laughs> I mean, it's it's kind of a securitist story. I mean, uh, you know, when I was in 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 college in school, uh, you know, I wanted to be Barbara Walters or Dan Rather or something like that. I mean, mm-hmm. I wanted to be a, a newscaster. My degree is in broadcast news and broadcast journalism, but uh, I worked as a uh, professional reporter. I was a TV anchor and a radio jock and, and a newspaper reporter for years here in Cincinnati. Uh, no, up in Cleveland. Okay, and. Um, I, on the side, uh, I had been performing in rock and roll bands for since I was about 13 years old. So I basically took this combination of, and if anybody out there has the current issue of Business Owner Magazine, I've got an article in it called Everything I Learned About Marketing I Learned in an 80s Hair Band. <laughs> and, you know, it, you basically took the combination of being in a rock and roll band where you were you know, playing live, promoting the band, trying to get people to come out to gigs, trying to be different, trying to market yourself, trying to brand yourself, uh, and combining that with sort of the journalism background, the journalism expertise, and poof, out popped a PR guy. So uh, I, <laughs> I I worked uh, as a professional journalist for several years in the beginning of my career. Uh, I had the pleasure of working for a professional sports team. Uh, then I went to New York, worked for a Fortune 500 company. Uh, then I came back to Cincinnati. Are you a Cincinnati native? I'm not. I'm originally from Cleveland, the rock and roll capital of the world. So okay, that's where yes. all rock and rollers are born and bred, I guess. Uh, moved to Cincinnati in 1999 and worked for an agency down here. I uh, worked for a couple of different agencies here in Cincinnati and uh, truly felt that I could do it better, smarter, faster, stronger, etc. Mm-hmm. And so the Eisen Agency was born. Okay, that was back in 1999. 99 is when I came down here. I worked for another firm, uh, and Eisen was officially incorporated in the beautiful Commonwealth of Kentucky in 2006. 
Okay, so it's about six or seven years that you had your own uh, agency. Correct, yep. Good. And uh, the agency is primarily a public relations agency, or is it a full-service ad agency for some people? It's funny. Uh, I get that question a lot. I mean, to me, there's no difference between the two. It just depends on how you look at it. Um, you know, as an ad agency, I guess you're kind of a, a the solution to all problems comes with advertising. Mm -hmm. uh, as a public relations firm, we're a comprehensive, fully integrated public relations firm, meaning we'll work with clientele to determine the best ways to relate to their publics properly which may include uh, things that somebody might think of from a PR firm, such as media relations or events or promotions, but would also include online, social, uh, interactive uh, promotions, and yes, we are an award-winning advertising firm as well. Okay, because I've always uh, felt that the public relations side to a lot of small businesses is much more important than the advertising side, because yeah. you, can, you can never buy that public relations. Sure. I mean, ad advertising is certainly a good tactic of relating to your publics. You know, mm -hmm. there's certainly nothing wrong with advertising and utilizing it properly. Uh, you know, there are times that you need to get the message out, but oftentimes, and certainly the way we view it, is the ongoing act of relating to your publics is what's going to give you good fodder mm -hmm. to advertise. You know, if, if Every time you see an ad that says, you know, 9 out of 10 say this or, you know, 90% satisfaction and so on and so forth, that's stemming from public relations. So you have to have some message. You need a content and you, and you need you need a story to share. And in the end, public relations is the whole of your business in going out and trying to relate to their publics to get them to do some desired form of action, which usually is to buy your product or hire your company or vote for or against something. So certainly voting and advocacy is certainly a critical component of PR. So does your firm participate in uh, pol political campaigns? We do. Um, we do very specific things for very specific types of political organizations. There are certain ones that we won't represent uh, for certain reasons, just personally because the owner won't represent certain types of organizations. So uh, we take a look at uh, who we would represent and who we would work with, uh, and we look at that very specifically. But anything from so speech you, writing to promotions to... So you have to be on, like, only one side. You certainly have to be on a certain side of the political equipment represented by Eisen. So, and, you know, I've... I often do this about uh, politicians, campaigns, relative to as you would be in a vendor scenario. Yep. Uh, I was always wondering, does that agency actually get paid? <laughs> a lot of them don't. Really? You know, oh boy, when you look at like recently the Newt Gingrich campaign was billions, millions of dollars. About four that. million in the whole. Um, they're not required, and oftentimes they can't payback. It has to come from campaign contributions. can't use their own you know, personal money and reach into his pocket. <laughs> yeah. so, you know, you're taking a risk at some level, but I guess from an ethical standpoint, I just believe that it's important that I'm going to represent a certain political entity uh, or advocate, advocate for a certain type of cause. I personally have to believe in it. And mm -hmm. although Democratic money is green, Republican money is green, uh, you know, important to me that I can look at that candidate and say this is somebody that I genuinely support. I, I, I only will work with very specific uh, types of programs or candidates. And on the other side of the issue. I definitely would not run competitors, <laughs> although wouldn't that be interesting? Uh, even even in general with Intel, I won't represent a competitor to a I, I definitely.
definitely know some clients I need to send you with, Michael. Okay, well, then we'll be more than happy to you have it. Uh, I'm going to ask you uh, one easy question, and sure. then we're going to take a, a short break. Uh, Roger, why don't you tell me about how your company goes to market? You've been in the marketplace here in Cincinnati for seven years. How do you go about finding new business? We've been really blessed. I mean, the advertising PR uh, game, I guess, for lack of a better term, is, is a really strong referral and, and, and word of mouth, you know, kind of organization. And uh, you know, I truly believe that good work begets good work. Uh, but we do a lot of things to, to physically market ourselves. I mean, we talked about the beer tasting summit that we do. I mean, we try to do a lot well, of fun things. That was offline before we started the show. <laughs> things that, I mean, it, it, we would call that experiential marketing if you want to give it a fancy name. But it's just an opportunity for folks to come out and meet us and say hello and uh, just no pressure and, and such. Because, again, it is all about uh, relating to your publics and building a relationship. And like mm-hmm. I said, we're not right for everybody. So it's a great way to meet without feeling like, oh, my God, this guy's selling me. Um, you know, we we do do paid advertising. We do sponsorships. I do a lot of speaking, you know, not only throughout the city, but across the country. Uh, we've got a good mentoring program. I think our website is a lot of fun. So, I mean, all the traditional tactics that you could think of, certainly we go after it. Uh, but my firm is very blessed that we've got, uh, you know, a cadre of you know, clientele that are that are there and solid and loyal, and we take exquisite care of our clientele. And uh, we're as busy as we want to be, and uh, you know, always looking to add some great new clients, I suppose. But uh, right now, the, the the we're not as actively hunting as ga- and gathering uh, as, as some of our competitors. Let me uh, tell everyone uh, who else is uh, is coming up over the next couple of uh, weeks. Uh, on tomorrow's show, we're going to have. Uh, Mike McCormick, uh, a CPA, he likes to call himself the tax coach. He teaches his clients how to get a discount on their IRS rates, naturally by taking all of the legal deductions possible. Don't leave any money on the table. Uh, uh, following week on the 15th uh, of June, we have Glenn Scherzinger of Sure Thing Pest Control. He's going to be talking about the epidemic of bugs. I just saw his bed bug ads today on uh, Channel 9, WCPO. Good good commercials. And uh, let's see, 21st of June, we have Martin Wilhelmy of uh, UBS. Martin is going to be talking about some of the strategies that we can use to uh, invest all the money that we're going to be making. And uh, on the 22nd, we have uh, Dan Nyer. Of Nyer, yeah, yeah. Right. and Dan is a uh, business developer and an operator of commercial properties. He's going to give us his his view on the market for c- commercial uh, properties here mm-hmm. in the Cincinnati marketplace. While we're doing that, I'll just tell the folks about a program that we have coming up here at Sandler. We have a three week series coming up on networking, uh, how to be a, a better networker. That runs on Monday mornings from eight to ten a.m. So if you want to make more out of your networking experience and get turn the words strategic partner into something that's for real, that you can turn into revenue, uh, then you want to call us over here at Sandler Training at 513-646-6523, and we'll tell you a little bit about how that, that series works. And we also have a cold call camp coming up on June 27th for those people who believe in making cold calls. Uh, frankly, cold calling does work in business-to-business environments exceptionally well. And during that program, we're going to teach people how to get through, buy the gatekeeper 
and how to talk to about 70% of the people they dial, how to build three scripts for the contact so that you can eliminate them or turn them into a yes for a face-to-face meeting. And then we, we will deal with five ways to deal with someone else's voicemail, okay? Because when you hear beep, I'm sorry, I'm temporarily not available. Please leave your message at the sound of the tone. Most salespeople, Roger, don't even leave a message. Mm. Therefore, they have a zero probability of getting through to that person. you got a great seven seconds to give a little branding message and we, warm up that cold call. We don't necessarily recommend that. <laughs> That's what we call the super uh, decaf uh, modality. And so we, we have a different modality that we will force roughly 70 to 80% of the listeners to that message to pick up the phone and call you right back. In fact, during the last two hours of the cold call camp, we make real cold calls to prospects that you've never spoken to before. We tell people to bring a list of 10. We record them and then debrief them. But we keep track on the front board of how many calls and who we called and how many people called back and how many face-to-face meetings were booked. Usually it's about 50%. So that's a great day. That's great. If mentioned that you uh, you heard this on uh, Cincinnati Business Talk, and you can take $100 off the $595 one-day cold call camp price. That, that program is limited to uh, 21 people, so that'll be probably 10 President's Club members and 11 outsiders will be there for the first time. Okay, one easy question, and sure. then we're going to take a, a, a short break. Well, I, I definitely know some clients I need to send you away, Michael. Okay, well, then we'll, we'd be more than happy to you have them. Uh, I'm going to ask you... Uh, one easy question, and sure. then we're going to take a, a short break. Uh, Roger, why don't you tell me about how your company goes to market? You've been in the marketplace here in Cincinnati for seven years. How do you go about finding new business? We've been really blessed. I mean, the advertising PR uh, game, I guess, for lack of a better term, is, is a really strong referral and, and, and word of mouth, you know, kind of organization. And uh, you know, I truly believe that good work begets good work. Uh, but we do a lot of things to, to physically market ourselves. I mean, we talked about the beer tasting summit that we do. I mean, we try to do a lot well, of fun things. That was offline before we started the show. <laughs> things that, I mean, it, it, we would call that experiential marketing if you want to give it a fancy name. But it's just an opportunity for folks to come out and meet us and say hello and uh, just no pressure and, and such. Because, again, it is all about uh, relating to your publics and building a relationship. And like mm-hmm. I said, we're not right for everybody. So it's a great way to meet without feeling like, oh, my God, this guy's selling me. Um, you know, we, we do do paid advertising. We do sponsorships. I do a lot of speaking, you know, not only throughout the city but across the country. Uh, we've got a good mentoring program. I think our website is a lot of fun. So, I mean, all the traditional tactics that you could think of, certainly we go after it. Uh, but my firm is very blessed that we've got, uh, you know, a cadre of, you know, clientele that are that are there and solid and loyal, and we take exquisite care of our clientele. And uh, we're as busy as we want to be, and uh, you know, always looking to add some great new clients, I suppose. But uh, right now, the, the the we're not as actively hunting as ga- and gathering uh, as, as some of our competitors. Good. We'll be right back, Roger, after these uh, messages. This is Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. Many salespeople tell us business was really easy. They likened it to gathering fruit in an orchard full of ripe trees. They gathered the low-hanging fruit. They had to get baskets to pick up the fruit that was already fallen. They never had to climb a tree. They worked this way for 10 or 15 years. Given the strong economy, this was no problem. What are you hearing now? The economy has slowed down. Salespeople are competing on price. 
There's still business now, but salespeople have to work harder. The fruit has not fallen from the tree, and there's no low-hanging fruit. The fruit is there, but it's higher up in the tree. The problem is their salespeople have forgotten how to climb. Do your salespeople know how to climb? If you or your team needs to learn how to climb through and up out of tough economic times, call me, Mike Roth, at 513-646-6523 or check our website at rothconsulting.net. Hi, I'm Mike Roth, founder and president of Sandler Training by Roth & Associates. You've been listening to me talk about sales growth and development for years. Now listen to what my clients have to say. Hi. This is meteorologist Rich Apuzo, Chief Operating Officer at Sky Eye Weather. We are consultants for multi-million dollar businesses that are directly impacted by the weather. I've been a client of Sandler Training by Mike Roth for just over six months, yet even in these tough economic times, our business continues to grow. Mike has done an amazing job with me, and I want to thank the folks at Sandler Training by Roth & Associates for all their help. And hey, when you're talking to Mike about sales, if you need a meteorologist... Ask for my number. To find out more about Sandler Training and how it might grow your business, contact us at 513-646-6523. That's 513-646-6523. Or visit us at www.rothconsulting.net. Well, this is Mike Roth. I'm back with Roger Roser of the Eisen Agency. Roger, I'm going to ask you to elaborate on that uh, last response Mm -hmm. you gave. How is mentoring a business development activity? That's a great question. Uh, we've got a program called the Cult of the Blue Tongue, and basically, I, I you like Blue that, yeah, right? On your email. Um, basically, I look at every opportunity as a public relations opportunity or as a business development opportunity. Uh, being on your show is a business development opportunity. When I speak at PRSA or PRSSA or some business organization, it's a business development opportunity. P-S-R-A. P-P-R-S-A. Yeah, Pub- we, the Public Relations Society of America. Good. See, we have this rule here. In no acronyms, sorry. No, no acronyms <laughs> or buzzwords unless you explain them first so people don't feel and, and, bad. And, and, and our industry is loaded with TLAs, well, three-letter acronyms. Or FLAs, yeah, four-letter acronyms. Right, got you, yep. So um, we, we, uh, we know that that hurts sales, so we teach our people never to use them unless you're going to explain them first. So we'll, I'm going to ask you to explain them when gotcha, you hit them yep, like that. Yep, you got it. So I just look at, you know, these opportunities that we're doing. And, again, I, my, my firm is very blessed. I mean, the harder I work, the luckier I get. But, you know, we've uh, we've been very successful in what it is that we do. And I think we're always looking at ways to give back. So, basically, every member of my team has adopted a philanthropy that we donate, you know, literally $100,000 each year in pro bono nonprofit work. Uh, but we also do a lot of mentoring work uh, with young professionals that are coming in. We work with the third grade class at Newport Elementary. So, I mean, we're working with professionals in college and we're working with folks in high school that are trying to determine whether they want a career in marketing or journalism or, or so forth and work with even the very youngest of kids. So, you know, like I said, we're, we're very blessed to be in a position to help. And that's all part of the branding. That's all part of how people, I think, view myself and, and my organization, that this is somebody who genuinely cares about the community and, and cares about the profession, and, and, and we do. And I think that if you're looking at a firm or you're looking at an organization whose leadership truly values the ability to give back, and you value that as a client or a customer, that that would be something that you would want to be a part of. And I've met some amazingly talented young people, and I get the pleasure of working with some amazingly talented mentors who I learn from all the time as well. Mm-hmm. 
but in your organization, do you have anyone that you would call a business development person or a salesperson that you pay on a basis of productivity? Um, Eisen's not quite structured that way. Um, as the owner of the company, the uh, the chief tuna and bo- bottle washer, you know, I, I basically I look at it as, uh, you know, it's 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 my job to make sure that my staff gets paid well, and it's my job to make sure that my staff is busy. Uh, I do uh, as much business development, and, and I, I wouldn't even call it sales, but I, I do as much business development as I want to. We are extremely selective about the types of companies that, that, that we work with and, and represent. We try to represent all leading prestige brands and top-in-class in a specific branded area. They're either the number one, number two business in that industry as a whole. And and we're, I mean, I, I love your ads. You know, it's you, you're the hardest trainer, and so on and so forth. And it's not going to be easy. Tough, and, tough right. expensive. And yeah, and you know, Eisen's not. I mean, expensive is a relative term, but you know, if a client genuinely wants to grow their business and they genuinely want to market themselves properly, mm-hmm. Eisen's a good choice. If you want me to say yes to everything that you say, and you want me to like your Goofy advertising concepts and call one of my competitors. If you're here to gain market share, you call me. Okay, that's good. But but we do actively seek. I mean, we're certainly out there and we're shaking hands. I, I love your uh, networking thing because some folks are truly god awful at it. I mean, you know they mm-hmm. you know they they don't shake hands right. They don't pass out their cards. I mean, I remember when you and I were at the um, Pillar Awards for mm-hmm. the Smart Business Magazine Pillar Awards not that long ago. And it's not like you have to go around and just be this butterfly that's flitting all over the place. I mean, I don't like that either. But it, it, it's nice to be able to meet some folks and meet some colleagues and shake some hands and carry on a reasonably intelligent small talk conversation right. and in, say hello. In fact, I don't think I met you that night. I, I think I spoke to one or two of your people. I remember meeting you because I got your fancy business card with the, with the money on it. Oh, yeah? Yep. Okay. The, your $1 million. I talked to probably uh, 20 But hopefully people. you talked to a couple of my folks and... Yeah, so that's good too. You had a, a really heavy set fellow. Did we? Yeah. No, you, don't, you don't know who he was. I don't. Wow. But you know that could be somebody. It might have been me. No, no. Three hundred pounds ago. No, you didn't lose that much weight <laughs> in that short a period of time. R- round numbers: How many people do you have in your organization? Uh, there's 16 of us at the firm. To my knowledge, we're the largest PR firm by employee size and probably by revenue. I don't know all my competitors' revenue, but I believe we're the largest PR firm in in, in Greater Cincinnati. That, that's interesting because you know this goes back a long ways. In '93, when I first was starting up here in Cincinnati, I was seeking a PR agency. Were and Dan Pinger uh, is who I would have called in 1993. No, I didn't call Dan. I got a recommendation to a guy who wrote a book called Third Rail or something. I still have his book up there someplace. Okay. And maybe during the next break I'll go pull it out. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know. He was an old guy then, and he he had some uh, old name ideas, but really good ideas. That's cool. That helped us in the early 90s. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it it can be attractive to have a firm, if for nothing else, to have some maybe some outside counsel or some expert advice. Not that every idea we have is brilliant, but it can be good to run something past somebody, I suppose. And PR firms, the good ones, know a lot of people. So, again, they're 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 really good for establishing, I think, good, solid networking contacts. Yeah, he, so would, he was a, he was ex- exceptionally valuable. I don't think he's with us anymore. Okay. Uh, he was he was kind of old in 94. Old, old in 94. Yeah, right. So uh, what are the... Uh, Opportunities and possibilities you see in our marketplace. You know we got to we got to lean back. You know I'm not asking you for an economic forecast. Right, my crystal ball. 
Yeah, we keep one in the train. I saw, I saw that in your magic eight balls and uh, you know prayer books and so forth, which for some people is their marketing plan and their sales strategy is a is a is a magic eight ball and as a VP and, of sales, praying. Mm-hmm. There was a time when it was my job to take the sales team's forecast and turn it into a manufacturing <laughs> right. re- uh, request, and I always used those magic eight balls to figure out whether or not. This deal that the salesperson put at the 83rd percentile or 85th right. percentile was worth manufacturing or not. <laughs> That's great. And the eight ball was equally good to what my sales team was for. No kidding. Yeah. That's pretty good. Manufacturing BP hated me because we never built the right thing. Right. No, that's right. The, the magic eight ball was just as effective. I mean, no, I, I'm very positive about the future. I, I mean, I think that we would be foolish not to be looking at it with, with, with you know, some level of, 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 of positivity, but I truly believe that you make your own luck and you, and you make your own work. I mean, I, I live by this phrase, things you do today are going to pay off tomorrow, so what are you doing today? Uh, if you're waiting to be acted upon by market forces or by the government, uh, you're, you're doing it wrong. Uh, you really need to take uh, a very specific design of where it is that you want to go, create your marketing plan or a sales plan or whatever you want to and act upon that to, to, to move forward. I, I think that the companies that have been doing some marketing have continued to keep a decent level of awareness uh, when they ramp up or, or as some of them are ramping up. You know, now is when millions are going to be made, and now is when market share is going to be taken, and now is when some of the businesses that have not been uh, as uh, forthright and, and pushing that stuff forward, truly, I believe, are going to go away. So I think you're going to see a, a lot of Darwinian business uh, in, in the next couple years, and uh, the organizations that just have not been hunkering down and have not been working hard uh, literally won't be here, you know, too, too much longer. I call that sales efficiency. Uh, yeah. And if a company is not sales efficient, uh, they're out of business. you got to take market share. And we say there are three things that you need to have. You have to have a great process, and we give our clients the Sandler process, which is truly psychological in nature. We have to have the right people on the sales team, business development team, whether you're an attorney, a mortgage guy, a life insurance guy, or even in the uh, agency business. Sure. Uh, and then you have to have some unique strategies. If your strategy makes you the same as everyone else in your business, might be out of business. Well, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, you you, you got to be different, and if you're not different, you got to get different. You got to figure out where you fit. Uh, as a brilliant man once told me, the riches are in the niches, right? And you know, if you can find an area where you can really succeed and do well, work can be darn rewarding. It can be a heck of a lot of fun. You know, I mean, I can't believe I get paid to do what I do. It's a, it's it's amazing. I love my job. Mondays are the best day of the week for me. It's called, you know, they call it the Apollo attitude where, you know, you're looking at the team and, and everybody's pitching for the same concept uh, from, from, from janitor to CEO. You know, what are you guys doing? Well, we're sending a man to the moon. And, you know, as long as you have this collective understanding, uh, Eisen, I think, has, you know, pretty strong and sometimes bullheaded leadership, but, you know, we take a look at where we want to get to very seriously. Uh, we have a lot of fun, Mike. Mm-hmm. We work our butts off, uh, you know, it, but it's uh, it, it beats getting a real job. <laughs> <laughs> I think in, in business development sales, if you're not really enjoying what you're doing, you should maybe think of a different line of work. 
sometimes it's the right people in the wrong line of work. Right. Sometimes it's the right people doing the right things in the wrong company. Mm-hmm. And and I was there. I mean, you know, like I, I mean, we discussed, you know, kind of my route here. I mean, it's not like I walked out of a closet and all of a sudden I was the owner of, you know, Cincy's largest PR firm or whatever the heck you want to call us. But, you know, there was a lot of work. There were some ups and downs. You know, I worked at, you know, other firms and, and, and some were rewarding, some weren't, you know, and mm-hmm. it's it's not their fault. It's not my fault. It's It maybe wasn't a, wasn't a good fit. Uh, you know, I make a terrible employee, but I make one hell of a leader. And, you know, when you look at that, you know, you've got to understand, you know, where your strengths are. And, you know, you try to surround yourself by just fabulous people who are dedicated to that cause. And you share that cause. You, mm-hmm. you know, we're supposed to be professional communicators. So it's important that we can communicate with one another and, and share and sojourn on and get some great stuff done. Good, Roger. Let's... Uh... Let's listen to uh, another leader for about two minutes. Let's listen to uh, to David Sandler. Uh, Here he is in probably 1984 talking to Sandler trainers about getting to where he is in the uh, franchise business. Excellent. My other goal, but this started back in 67, but I just reinforced it in 1984. I wanted to be with, with a group of people, you, entrepreneurs, accidents, wanted to make money, wanted to make a contribution, wanted to help other people. You know, they said that couldn't be done. You're a living proof that that could be done, sitting right in this room. You give yourself <laughs> I wanted to be in a, in a, with an organization that really made a contribution to people. We were cleaning out our closets the other day, and we... I took down the Tony Robbins $179.50 course that we've never taken the cellophane off of. Tony Robbins has a $10 billion a month budget and a helicopter, but I don't think that helps a lot of people. And so what I found out when I was selling these boxes for that Texas group was that I wanted to service people. I wanted people to get, take, to get advantage of what they were buying. And so I said to them, after I started to figure this thing out after two or three years, I said, you know, let me give you the box of tapes free. And what I'm really going to sell you is why don't you come and visit me at the Holiday Inn. It happened to be this one. Why don't you come and visit me at the Holiday Inn every other Thursday night for the next year and let me make sure you're using what I sold you. And they did. And we used to have 250 people up the road here at the Marriott. This place place couldn't handle it. We used to have 250 people every other Thursday night show up for training. And they brought 25 to 30 of their friends. And 90% of those people joined the President's Club. So you're living proof that this business can can be multiplied. No question about that. Well, this is uh, Mike Roth here again with Roger Roser of the Eisen Agency. Roger, you know what we forgot to do? We forgot to tell the pe- let you tell the people who are listening how to get a hold of you and the oh, agency. You can go to our website, which is CincinnatiPublicRelations.com, or we have our more traditional one, the EisenAgency.com. Uh, you can. We've got blogs out there, the Cult of the Blue Tongue, uh, etc. Yeah, so the, the, we got to stop on that one <laughs> because I got an email from Roger, and there's a picture of a blue tongue. Of course, where did it you kind of like that Rolling Stones ad or that Rolling Stones album with that rings a bell? They're sticking out their tongue. I, it just it, was, it just happened. Okay. We remember that old classic picture of Albert Einstein where he's yeah, sticking he's out his tongue. tongue. I know that one. Yes, and we had used that in a campaign. Uh, in a, a direct mail campaign that we had done for the firm. Okay. And since our colors are blue and and and, and black, the 
picture, obviously, is black and white because it's an old shot from, what, the 30s or 40s or something like that. Got to be. Got to be the 40s. Yeah. So what we did was just to match our branded colors, since he's sticking out his tongue, we just made it blue. <laughs> so it just kind of stuck. And so, you know, we, we send out blue suckers to clients and, and, and prospects and folks, and we've got a website called The Cult of the Blue Tongue. And if you suck on these blue suckers, they turn your tongue blue. And, you know, we've got a program that we do because I teach other agencies across the country how to run their business more effectively. And So you have a blue beer, too? We don't have blue beer, but that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. That, that's a very I don't, that would take a lot of food coloring, I assume. But right. we do have a red ale, but I don't know how red that is. I, I'd have to try a blue beer. You know, I, I do keep that Albert Einstein quote up on the wall. Insanity is oh, yeah. the same thing over and over again, and expecting different results. Amen. And uh, it, it, it's so funny when I go into organizations and take a look at their sales team and what they're doing today versus what they were doing five years ago, and I find. Look, you're still doing the same, same thing. Right. You're not going to get different results. I think, you know, when you look at our industry and how things have changed, obviously you see the big social media phenomenon and the interactive and the way, you know, the use of video and blogging and podcasting and so on and so forth, which kudos to you. This is good, solid marketing. You're mm-hmm. good at it. But, you know, it's, it's helpful in opening the doors, but then you need somebody uh, like you and, and, and everybody who's out there, especially professional services, in my opinion, and B2B, you know, if you don't have a sales process, if you haven't gone through Sandler or something like that, I mean, give Mike a call. I mean, to me, it's important because the greatest marketing in the universe isn't going to work if you don't have a sales guy who can get out there and close the sale, explain it more. I mean, there, there's no amount of marketing in the world that's going to replace sitting down with somebody and going through the nuances and the details. To me, that's why you see such bad marketing, because they're trying to include everything, including the kitchen sink, on their website or in a brochure, knowing full well that there's not a person on the planet that's going to read all that stuff, but they don't have a sales guy who can explain it. You know. I, I think there you have to look at the difference between um, my neighbor here who sells a web-based product over the web for $8 a month, the people who are enthusiasts, and he doesn't have sales department. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just web page. Right. If you want to talk, call and talk to a salesperson, there's no one there to talk to. Mm. You can talk to a tech support guy. Right. Uh, but there is no salesperson. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, you know, that's fine for him. For him, that works, yeah. But if you're t- selling business to business or business to consumer, you have a, a highly competitive product that's near commodity, you better have a good sales team. Well, you know, because so often, you know, the agency, because, you know, there are really fabulous agencies in Cincinnati. I think the city is blessed to have some of the very best because of the nature of the businesses that we have here. So, but that being said, you know, an, an, an ad or a direct mail or even an article in the newspaper, all of that is good and that's positive, but that needs to be done on an ongoing basis. But it's never, ever, ever going to replace a salesperson is going to help them open the door. It's going to say, oh, yeah, I've heard of you guys. Oh, yeah, I kind of understand that. But, you know, in general, from a professional services standpoint, B2B, B2C, you need a well-trained, well-heeled, and, 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 and a well-understood sales team to be able to utilize those pieces effectively. Mm-hmm. That's an investment in your business. You know, we, we picked up a new client last week. Congratulations. No, well, pick up more than one last week. But we this one was particularly interesting because – his business is exclusively in video production. Ah. He produces videos for people 
uh, preferably videos that are going to be used on the web. Sure. Uh, what's your professional opinion about using video on the web? Boy, I love it. I, I think that that's one of the most, you know, exceptional ways to go out there, get the word out, you know, producing those so inexpensive these days that, you know, most folks can afford to produce a reasonably professional quality uh, video. Obviously, I host a little show called Business Focus that I do with Smart Business Magazine. Uh, we do a ton of video work for our clients, um, whether it's web-based or whether we're sending out commercials or whether we're sending out what video news releases, not VNRs. Okay. Thank you very much. Yep. Uh, so, you know, we produce a lot of video. And, and, and with YouTube, with social media, you know, being the way it is, uh, the, the number of folks that will click on or open dwarfs just standard posts. So, I mean, video, video, video. I think that's the video great, great way the to web. explain. Uh, is there a, a time limit that people will actually watch? Is it, can you say it's one minute, two minutes? If you go more than two minutes, people are going to turn you off like a commercial on TV? I suppose it depends on the content. You know, I mean, if you're watching, a, if I'm watching like a classic Kiss video, I'd probably sit and watch that all day, or Hulu, I mean, you watch yeah, entire you're probably, shows, but... <laughs> you've got you know, like a guitar sitting in right. your office. Right, or, or if it's me on TV, I'll probably be fixated to that. But, you know, the general rule of thumb that we have for most corporate videos or most, most explanation videos is somewhere between two to five minutes. You go too much longer than that, that gets a little bit tedious. Uh, too, too much shorter is tough to edit, but I'll tell you what, you look at you know, some of the Buddy LaRosa clips that they're doing right now, those are only 15 seconds long, and they're very clever, and whoever did that is, uh, you know, whichever, whether the agency did that or, or the company, I think that's a really clever way to to do that. I mean, SNP videos can be great in journalism, and, and the SNPs that we'll send out from a media relations standpoint, we try to keep those somewhere between three and seven seconds. So it's all good. I understand what you mean. Some of the last... Uh over-the-air radio commercials I did were 15-second spots. Right. And uh, when I go back now a couple of months later and listen to them, I'm thinking, man, this 15-second spot, it's got all the punch it's, in it. It's there. Got the contact info. It was good. What else do you need? You know, you, it's, the rule of thumb is, you, you know, for a press release, you know, certainly no more than 200 words. Uh, for a billboard ad, if you can get it down to one word, you probably succeeded. You know, the most brilliant billboard ad I've ever seen is Eat More Chicken with Chick-fil-A. I mean, I just think that's a great ad with the cow. Um, you know, the one of the worst ones I saw recently was um, there was a certain ice cream company here in greater Cincinnati that had one of those QR codes up on a billboard. Like, like you're going to dr be driving down the road, right, and be clicking out with your smartphones. I'm not sure how that worked for them, but it was a novel technology at the time, so they wanted to try it out. I think it would be really interesting to uh, <laughs> to walk up to the billboard, shoot the, the QR code with my phone, and see where it takes me. Right, yeah. I, I don't think it was even accessible. You had to be on a highway somewhere. But, yeah. you know, I get a kick out of uh, a that are trying things out. I'm not admire them. You know, they're different. Hey, you got your QR code on your, on, on your card. It's a special card for this this radio show. It's got the QR code that takes you to the right to radio where you can choose which show you want to listen to. Yeah, I think QR codes can be attractive. Uh, and, and, and as the saying goes, we ain't seen nothing yet. When, when you see um, what's coming on with NFC, which stands for Near Field Communications, uh, that is going to change the way we do everything. So you'll be seeing that a lot more in America in the next coming years. It's going to be completely uh, advertising and marketing. Nearly. 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 Nearly.
prospective client in here uh, who had a a system kind of like Groupon mm-hmm. for calls when you went through the the mall. It's like you're right. Your phone call. <laughs> yeah. Specials mm-hmm. for people who were walking through the bus. The theme was required to the mall Correct. store or uh, Wi-Fi. If you were out, it worked on global positioning system. Yeah, you think you're overwhelmed by ad messages now? Just wait a couple of years, and it's going to blow your mind. Really? Yeah, it's so probably in a bad way. We're all going to want to move to a cave, I think, because we're going to be inundated. And we're inundated now. It's going to get. Yeah, we have to turn yeah. off our phones. We are. We're going to turn. Yeah, correct. So the teenagers at the Kenwood Mall will have a great time. <laughs> Us uh, <laughs> adults, adults will, correct. Will uh, will have a little bit of a. We won't know what to buy. Yeah. We'll just be walking around starving. It'd be confusing. confusing. <laughs> That's true. Uh, what do you think people are looking for now in uh, public relations or advertising? And, I, I, and I, I'll, I'll tell you this, confess my bias, sure. which was uh, caused by uh, cable and wireless, one of my early employers. We had uh, a fellow named Bill von Meister, who was the uh, originator of the company in, in America. He knew a lot of people, got us a, a PR guy in New York City who uh, influenced one of the writers in a, in a newspaper called Electronic News. Mm-hmm. And every time Electronic News came out with a story about us on page one at the bottom half of the story, I could still see it in my mind's eye. My telephone would light up like a Christmas mm-hmm. tree. Right. And we made money. Uh, a lot of money on public relations uh, based on getting our story out into mm-hmm. the newspaper. Media relations, sure. Yeah. You know, I, I'd like to think that clients are looking for honesty, you know, but I think that clients need to look at what their consumers want. And I think that public relations can really help them understand that this is what your consumers, what your clients, this is what that public is asking for and how best can we relate to that public is the best way to get the message out through media is the best way to get the message out through events or promotions and usually it's some combination of all of these things but i think that they're looking for at the end of the day mike some ability to really have a genuine conversation with core influencers that are going to make you know buy sell decisions about their business or or, or, or their votes and so on and so forth
The third group, between turtles and eagles, are called turkeys. Turkeys are average and anxious. They huddle together and move. They never saw. However, turkeys are easy prey for those who seize the opportunity and soar. If someone in your industry goes out of business, are you going to get the business? The question is, which type of leader are you? Will you seize the opportunities to take market share and grow, or will your fate be like the turkeys? If you're serious about growth, call me to arrange a confidential meeting, 513-646-6523, or check our website at rothconsulting.net. This is Mike Roth, back with uh, Roger Roser. Uh, Roger, uh, one of my favorite questions is, uh, revolves around the, the whole the business problem that we had when we had privately owned, owned a company that privately owned paid telephones in Las Vegas. <laughs> okay. And uh, we were foolish enough to put our phones on 400 on 7-Eleven locations. And soon it got <laughs> but it got even hotter than that inside the case. So they tried. <laughs> That's a good point. They fried. Well, they, they they decided they were bailing out, and I told my engineer, Steve, electrical engineer and a physicist, to go out, put holes in the case, put fans in. And Steve said to me, Mike, it's a complex problem. Complex problems can only be solved with complex solutions. And I said, solve the problem. He said, let me diagnose it. And he went out and bought a $400 uh, not infrared thermometer to figure out what to do, and we eventually did solve the problem. But not in the way that I envisioned. Envisioned right. little fans and a lot of holes in the cases. So maybe in the, in the world of public relations, uh, you can tell the folks about a complex problem that was presented to you and the solution that the eyes and agency came up with that maybe is cross-applicable to another business. Sure. Um, you know, our firm is big on Occam's razor. You know, the simplest solution usually is the, the right one. And, uh, you know, we try not to make things terribly complex. In fact, I, I get annoyed by uh, ad agency execs or branding execs or these so-called experts that will wax poetic about any manner of nonsense. Really, anybody so they can you know self-advertise them feel important. In, in matter of fact, what we do is, is in a way it's uh, it, it should be, it should be simple. There's there's lines that are you know do it wrong, just do it quickly, and you know it, it's amazing to me to see the difference between what you guys do and what a lot of companies do. If you on the creative side. Mm-hmm. And on the creative side, it's a lot tougher for engineers to see. Sure. And, you know, we'll get asked questions, you, you know, and I'll use this, I guess, as an example. You know, you'll, you'll have a client that just wants every level of detail about how you're going to send a press release out. <laughs> I can email it. I can fax it. I can physically mail it. I mean, does it matter? Because at the end of the day, all I'm trying to do is get a story in the perk. And that's funny, which was walking on a shoestring right. budget. Uh, one of the things is send out press releases. Sure. And we had uh, old salespeople in their day, uh, no owners no or managers. Mm-hmm. And not one of the salespeople wanted to see a sample of what a correct release, <laughs> press release would look, look like. like. Right. 
No, that, 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 yeah, that's do, a detail. Do it wrong. Just get it done. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's sad because, you know, I, I had a client even today, you know, ask me, you know, so I, I'd like to hear your strategic thought leadership process of how we're going to distribute this press release. And it's almost like a those words shouldn't go together in a sentence because, you know, the distribution of a press release is not terribly complicated. Um, and if you're if you're if you're thinking that you're using a press release to get a story in the paper, you're not doing it right. You know that's not how stories go about getting placed or or, or TV spots go about getting secured. It's picking up this wacky thing called a telephone and saying, you know, hey, Mr. Reporter, I've got a story for you. Do you have a second? And here's some information about that. Pow. You know, press releases is one of the just the banes of my existence, Mike. You know, it's 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 an awful tactic. It's something that is overcomplicated by folks that don't understand it. They make it far too complex. They don't understand the public that they're trying to reach. You'll have three-page, four-page press releases that don't have a prayer of ever getting press, you know, And but they've gone up and down the corporate ladder and six people have signed off on it and everybody's got their two cents in it. It's, it's barely readable. Um, but by God, that's what they're happy about. So you put that out and then they say, well, where'd you get that placed? And the logical answer is, Nowhere, <laughs> because I can't do anything with this. But here's the story, and if the you average, want to put this out, then this 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 will get you some coverage. So the average uh, reporter or editor who they don't gets, give a flaming rat's you know what about your business or that latest. But how many thing. press releases a day do they get? Uh, on average, twenty four thousand go out on the wire. That's just how many go out on the wire. Twenty four thousand a day. A day, twenty four thousand on the wire. But we have a lot of outlets out there, so right. the that, average reporter or editor uh, would get how many press releases to go through? Some some reporters and folks that I know here in town, on average, are getting two to three hundred a day. So, yeah, and obviously they're not reading. No, uh, you can't you read know, that. Yeah. Many. Now, there's nothing wrong with putting releases out. You know, if you want to call it a news release, and it's it's great for SEO, it's great for blog fodder, it's great for information. But write it in a format that is understandable to a client. You know, if I put out a press release that was filled with jargon, filled with industry speak, I'm the only person who even under, understands it. The only person that release is going to be relevant to is Roger Clones. Mm. You're trying to write to your public, relate. To your public, speak in a format and a fashion that they can reasonably understand a nuance of it. Uh, and if you're legitimately trying to get press, a press release is the answer. Oh, we waved the magic wand over your head. <laughs> you may have noticed I keep a few in the I like that. Yes. office. So does uh, Barack Obama. He keeps those handy. Yes. Uh, what problems would the magic wand cure in public relations? I think that you know, and, and every agency out there can, you know, kind of smile and nod as they're listening to this because we all kind of go through the same kinds of things. But in general, clients overcomplicate everything, and they're not speaking as clearly as they should be to their customer and to their to their public. Um, if, if you're trying to sell me a cheeseburger, I don't need, you know, a paper or a cheeseburger was created. I just want to know that it's sizzling, tantalizing, wonderful my eyes, but... So when you're thinking about the type of thing, uh, look for customers, look specifically at what it is that you do. It's important to be grammatically correct, and while it's important to be reasonably well-written, 
you know, unless you're putting out legal uh, legal pieces or 401 or um, uh, SEC eights and, and Edgar filings for investor relations, uh, releases should be a little bit more matter of fact, a lot more to the point, nice punchy headline that would actually get a media person somewhere. But don't hear it when you when, when you're writing it. So let's turn the subject a little bit. You said you take clients from all over the country. We do, yes. Okay. Already uh, talked about you like professional services firms. That tends to be what we excel in, and that tends to be the area that we uh, service. Good. So there are other people in the professional services area. Mm-hmm. What is the best single business development technique that you use to get a client to drop the old agency and hire the blue tongue. <laughs> well, for starters, at least we have a story and a, and a brand and a message. And, you know, as a matter of fact, there are several good agencies out there. There are several good agencies. So it's not like I look at firms and say, oh, they're evil and they're fools to work with those guys and they should be working with me. Um, y- there are certain areas that I feel that we do very, very well and uh, other agencies do as well. I think that as a as a somebody who might be looking for an agency, you need to be looking at uh, you know how proactive is your firm, how hard are they working for you, what's their turnover, do they constantly have a turn of of, of folks, do they do they understand your business or, and, and your challenges, are they coming to you with 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 good ideas and good strategic ideas to help help your business grow, uh, but in general it's 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 a relationship thing, and you know I'm not saying that Eisen is better than any other firm. In fact, I don't believe that. I think that there are some tremendous firms across the country. Uh, I think that you want to select a firm that you believe is going to work their tail off for you and do it for a good price. And if you want somebody that's going to be honest with you, is going to work their butt off, and is going to genuinely care about your business and what you guys are trying to achieve from a bottom line perspective, not so I can get another piece of plastic acrylic on my you know, glass wall, uh, which awards are great, mm-hmm. but let's be honest. I'm here to help your business be more successful, and and if you want somebody who's going to do that, then I think Eisen is a is a very good choice. Okay, well, that's a fair way to look at it. Uh, before we uh, wrap up the show, are there any other uh, areas that that you'd like to comment about in public relations that that, that companies should be looking at? Because it is a confusing. Uh, subject between uh, advertising agencies and PR. I've, I've seen a lot of uh, ad agencies solve all problems with that. They don't come up with good solutions. Yeah, I mean, an ad agency, they can be a valuable thing. I think it's an archaic model. That's just me. Um, Did I ever tell you about what Sandler's done? Sell something, I hope. No, no, San La Corporate. And we rebranded about four or five years okay. ago from the San La Sales Institute to San La Training. Fully show that we're doing uh, management, uh, leadership, uh, networking. They give it a broader appeal. The agency said, uh, well, your slogan, where you stand out from the rest of the crowd, is uh, finding power and reinforcement for the old long term positive mm-hmm. reinforcement. Uh, and anyone who's interested in that can, can give me a call if the show is over. Uh, the 
they hired decided that the way to reach our target market was to sponsor PGA golf players, who I'm going to call second or third tier, and get the uh, the logo right, right, of right. Sandler on their shirts. And they spent some god-awful amounts of money on that. Sure. Uh, I've never felt it worked. Yeah, I mean, not not everything works. You know, I mean, sponsorship is right for certain organizations. You, you know, that's why there's so many different tactics. It's, it's, it's the difference, if you're looking at a good public relations firm, an, an integrated firm, just be mindful, because some think of public relations purely as media relations or as a publicist, and there are those firms out there. Eisen is a, is a, is a comprehensive, fully integrated public relations firm, meaning we employ uh, any tactic strategically as necessary to best help a client or organization relate to their publics from an ongoing standpoint, so it which may involve sponsorship, it may involve advertising, it may involve media relations. So do you have a diagnostic process that uh, you go through with your potential clients? We do. Um, our program is called BOA, uh, which stands for Brand Operations Alignment, uh, because we believe very strongly that if you're going to whatever your brand is, or if, if or if it's not even there, then you need to create one. And how you go about doing whatever it is that you do, whether you're a restaurant or a sales company or a plumbing company or or whatever, uh, that, that that what you say you do and what you actually do need to be in alignment in some positive way. So we're kind of chiropractors in the PR business. How about that? Oh, that's good. <laughs> uh, Roger, uh, why don't you tell the folks again how they can get a hold of you after the show? Oh, yeah, uh, com or the really hard-to-remember one, CincinnatiPublicRelations.com. Again, thanks thanks for joining us Mike, today. thank you so much. And everybody out there from, you know, B2B, B2C, if you don't have a sales process, you don't have uh, this guy behind you, he is, he is the best. Great. Thanks for coming in. Scott, take it away. Thanks for listening. If you have questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513 513- Seven five three nine four zero zero. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.